is the Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bo and Clue Show. 81 plus. 100, you know what time it is, party people. <laughs> Mike, Mike was, was off. off. Try that one more time. Oh, Ooh. man. Have you hit it yet this year? No, I haven't. This one was my fault. That one yeah. was. You that that, that is on me. you. Yeah, yep. you put that one on me. All right, that was fired. the best I'm intro ac- yet. I'm accountable. You guys nailed that one, too. We well, that's why we fired you last week. I don't straight See you guys. Straight to the text. Yeah, why are you back? <laughs> I, ha- I have to be here to make sure you guys get on the air. Otherwise, more we call for the reliever on this. I got Zen 8 to eat there. I'm very hungry. Oh, man. Yeah, so we are at Cowboys right now. Uh... Live in studio, the house is popping. There's at <laughs> they, least they knew the Bo show was. There's at least seven people in here. Cluke, did you ever get to the original Cowboys, or you were too young? Uh, probably too young. This is the Cowboys I know, I okay. remember, and I love, and it still feels like home coming. Okay, okay. See, I don't recognize anything in here. I've never seen that cabana over there. The back wall has oh. TVs all over it. Okay, it actually did change. A yeah, little I bit. say clearly, I haven't been here in a long time, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, probably. Although you can always come home. So the the original Cowboys <laughs> nah. was on Fifth Street and Ninth Avenue downtown, and it was there's now a huge high rise building there. It's right by where our studio is. That's the original location of Cowboys, and they've done a pretty good job of recreating it here. Like they've. Uh, oh, so this looks like the old one. This is pretty close to the original Cowboys. Yeah, like that place was an absolute legend, and it got shut down because they had to, the zoning and stuff, so it moved around, and now it's found a permanent spot here. But that original Cowboys was legendary and they did a pretty good job of recreating it. Yeah, that's why they got shut down. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had they, they were owned by they were owned like the they, they didn't own the land, so oh. the owner of the land wanted to develop a, a big high-rise there, so that's why they had oh, to, yeah. that's why they had big the business. Yeah. All right, hey, just a reminder, that second segment, man, we're coming in hot with the uh, armchair quarterback segment brought to you by Wild Rose. We'll have a $50 gift, to get, gift certificate to give out. So best text, best, best call uh, is going to win that one. Uh, we had a pretty good one last week. Uh, clearly, if you shout out Kluke or Steinberg, you have a better chance of winning. It's you probably what, will win. It's kind of what it seems like. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, call in. Or will. Uh, or will. Yeah, Will, where are you at? What's up? Yeah, see, you got to talk more, man. Well, I don't know if you can hear me ever, you know. It is pretty loud in here, but, yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty loud. The phones are ringing. The texts are blowing up. The nope. Internet is struggling. Oh, yeah. Because of the volume. I've got guys telling me over here on my right, hey, hey, calm down, calm down. We can't have any more callers. But I'm going to say it anyways, 403-240-4444. If you want to call in for that armchair quarterback segment, tell me what I could have done better. Um Throws, runs, handoffs, picks, whatever it might be. Um, let me know. I'd like to hear. Uh, I'd like to hear your guys' opinions. Your chance to voice and your chance to be the coach and say, "Bo, this is what you should have done." Let's hear it. Let's hear it. And everybody, get off the stage, please. We're doing a radio. Yeah, guys, show back here. it up over there, guys. Back it up. <laughs> this, uh, is where, this is where Klux used to live in, right on stage oh, at yeah, baby. <laughs> right on the speakers, oh, yeah, right? I, I can just see him up here, just fist bumping. <laughs> Want to lip sync on this stage? Fist pump. Is this you where really? you won this the lip there. sync? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Sacred ground right here, boys. You have goosebumps. I wouldn't oh, kiss I, I that do. ground if I were you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh <laughs> uh, man, so we'll come in real quick. We'll talk about the game. Uh, to me, I thought it was a. It was a playoff type game. I know that's cliche, but uh, it was the truth, man. It, it felt it felt like guys were locked into the point where, 
it felt like that playoff atmosphere. And we haven't had that in a while, you know, towards the end of the season. And I think it's good. I think it's going to get our guys ready, especially since having a young club. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, losing the guys we lost last year and whatnot, um, having some of these do-or-die kind of moments, I think, is, is huge for just the, the youth of the group and just the, kind of the camaraderie of everybody to understand when you come together and, and how to do it the right way, uh, which I think has been big. I think that was a, a huge win for us. Um, you know, obviously on both sides, probably things we could have liked to do better. But uh, ultimately, man, played good enough to, to get a good team win, put 30 points on them, and, and uh, yeah, man, get out of home with a win. Yeah, no, it's the best time to be playing football right now. And even uh, Coach Dickey was talking today, like, what do we have, maximum six weeks left? Yeah. Like, that's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Seems like training camp was just a couple weeks ago even. But, yeah, so it's do or die now, and every game matters. And, yeah, like I said, just the best time to be playing. Is it uh, – yeah, He just came with, like, seven hard cliches. Yeah, I was like, you were a hockey player now? Like, like best, 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 yeah, best time to be playing. Uh, we're going to get pucks deep. and uh, One game at a time. We're going to get pucks on net. 110%. What uh, what's it feel like playing? Like you've got a home and home set with Winnipeg coming up. Like these are important week eighteen, week nineteen games. A lot of times you're home and cooled, and and you've already wrapped up the West Division. Is it is it exhilarating playing important playoff like games this late in the season? Man, it really is. Uh, I mean, the, the unfortunate side about it is you're playing so hard, you tend to lose guys. Um, you know, we lost a couple guys, and uh, so did they. You know, it's it's that's what the physical aspect of playoff type mentality football is. Um, you know, but it gives other guys opportunities to come step up and, and uh, you know, play some big moments. And I think that's where you have some memories of, you know, like you said, last week, guys like Eric Rogers coming in late in the season. Um, you know, all of a sudden now he's a household name. And I think that's just uh, it, it's exciting to me. It's exciting to be playing this kind of football. It's why we do it. And, uh, man, I mean, what else What else do you want? You know, you're, you're, you got t- t- three teams tied for first and – uh, we get to play one of them twice, and we just yep. played one last week. And um, yeah, you get to set a tone. Yeah, that's kind of the way I see. It. You get to set a tone on somebody. It's like, hey, man, just just so you know, if we see you in the playoffs, this is what you're gonna get. Yeah, West is super competitive right now. You know, like that was a great game we had against Sask. I expect these two games are gonna be pretty tough, and it is kind of cool to play them back to back. I think you know it's gonna be see who throws the first punch this weekend, and then see who counters the next one. Yeah. So yeah. So just for, just for those that aren't aren't aware, I guess uh, first place basically we're tied with we're tied with Winnipeg, tied with Sass, and we played Winnipeg twice. They have a one game lead on us right now, but obviously there's no way for us to tie with three games. So um, if we split, that's probably where there's the chance of a first place discrepancy as far as um, you know, like if, if they only have two games left though, that's the only thing. So we could get to 13 wins. Sass could get to 13 wins. The max Winnipeg can get to 12. is 12. Because yeah. um, yeah. both you and Sass are 10 and 5. They're 10 and 6. So they've got the one extra game played. So in terms of what's on the table, you guys have a little bit more that you can control, right? Right. So we let's say we split with Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg would need us to lose to BC and still need Sass to go 0 and 3 in the last three games for them to take first. Uh, their best chance to go first is obviously – beating us both games um and they're still hoping that sass would have to lose a game i don't know what their split is um yeah what their record is versus each other i, th- I want to say winnipeg sask and winnipeg uh so it was two wins for saskatchewan two out of three i, be- I believe uh they that split sounds the, right they split the labor day and now i'm my uh memory yes, two for sass escaping. yeah two for sass they they won the third October game 5th, a couple weeks ago 21-6. yeah Okay, so yeah, so either way, they would need 
Sass lose two games, and they have to beat both of us. Yeah. Or they have to beat us both games for them to go first. Um, and for us, basically, if we go if we go undefeated, no matter what, we win the first on these last three games. Um, and then, obviously, a split right here, and then maybe a win against BC. Uh, now you're hoping that Sass has to lose a game at some point. Hey, man, Trevor Harris, go ahead, come back. Hope you play well. Yep. We need you. And correct me if I'm wrong, a three-way tie for first means uh, all the coaches go to an undisclosed location and flip a like coin. Like Friday Night Lights? Open Friday Night Lights style. <laughs> I that's believe, I'm gonna I, say will that's you that, I will that, correct I, you that I believe that's, that is wrong. Will, check that for me. That's I wrong. think it's just an open fist fight. Yeah. Between <laughs> you put them all in a room, lock the doors, whoever comes out. That's fair. Who are we picking to represent D- us? Dave. Dinwiddie. Super Dave? For sure. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that was About a note. It's late now. That was a note to, to Dinwiddie. He does not. Yeah, like you got it right here. So here's the here's the tie break in terms of if it is a two or a three way tie. Uh, first, it's the uh, most wins. Uh, second, it is that's in if you're tied in points. Yep. Uh, next is if the uh, higher winning percentage in all games played against. So that's the tie. The, oh, I didn't know that. Season series. So it would be. So if it's a. So it's. Higher winning percentage in all games played against all the other tied clubs. So that would be so. Say it's you and Sask. You're tied. Say you both go twelve and six. You Stampeders get the tie break because you beat them in both games, right? Now hold on. The first thing you said, it goes off most wins. Yeah. Not points. Yeah. So if I had two ties. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. So if if That's you Canada. if you say fourteen fourteen right. Let's points, say you had fourteen each, points. Most wins gets in uh, over. Really? Points, so yeah. if I had six wins and two ties to get me to 14? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. And then it gets into aggregate points and so on and so forth. But basically what it comes down to is if you're tied at 12 and 6, if all three tie- teams are tied at 12 and 6, it comes down to the head-to-head and who uh, did better in the head-to-head. So that's why these two games against Winnipeg are so important and the two wins over Saskatchewan are so important too. Yeah. No, 100%. A little confusing. I'd rather just win all three. That's Take it. Yeah. Right? Let's keep let's the just, math out of let's it. Let's make it easy for all the, yeah. you know, See, the people like we got to speak idea. the language yeah. out for. Why not? Let's yeah. go win all three. Sure. Walk off of the West Division and say, that was fun. Yeah, might as well. I mean, we're here <laughs> now. Instead of like, oh, man, you won this game, you lost this game, no. now yeah. they scored seven points this win, you scored six. There's no calculators in football. <laughs> Quote me on that. <laughs> Who? Uh, how, how tough is that? home and home set going to be with Winnipeg that 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 team's still tough to wrap your head around I don't know exactly what to expect from them on any given week well I would say like the way we're talking in the locker room is they just smacked a team that just beat us you know they just beat Montreal and um you know for speaking clearly um you know they made Vernon look very pedestrian uh you know throwing four picks and that's tough, man. I mean, Vernon's been having a great season this year. He's been killing it and came out and gave him some fits, and, and they ran for, I don't know, what was it, two-something? Yeah, because Harris went over 160 in that game. Like, yeah. They, so they, they went they, wild. I want to say they ran for, like, 220 or 230. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, it's all, it's all, the, the hardest part is it's always yeah, Harris 160, Streveler 64. Uh, so right there, that's 128 plus another 10. So they went for uh, 238, rather, is what they rushed for uh, in that game against Montreal. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's that's playoff football right there. And I know Streveler said at one point, like, we're built for the playoffs and bad weather. Um, 
and they had a bad weather game that week. And it was, I mean, last week against Montreal, it was really, really cold. You could see it. There weren't a lot of fans in the stands. Um, you know, so it was a tougher, grinded out kind of game. And obviously, Winnipeg, you know, took care of that. So I think that's something we've got to be ready for. If they're going to come out and try to really run the ball against us, uh, try to keep our offense off the field, and um, you know, try to keep it to a to a one score, two score game, to where they're always in it, but controlling the clock. Yeah. And I think that's something that we can kind of counteract with as well. Is understand that they're not the highest scoring team out there. Uh, they've got to run the ball a lot to score. So if we can put some points on the board and then control the clock, you know, that could really make them struggle. You know, that's maybe not the way Dave or those guys see it. That's the way I kind of see it um, just as far as, you know, style of play that needs to happen to go out and win the game early. But, again, then, then you come back to, a, you know, playing them right back-to-back, and that's that's where things get tough because you start to play chess with yourself. Um, have you ever played chess against yourself, by the way? No. It's really no. stupid. Like, if you're super intelligent, you can do it. But here's the thing. I could do it then. <laughs> we'll clear that. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm making this move, but I know I'm about to turn, turn the board around and make another move to counteract that and all that. Like, having plans, right? Like, it's it's dumb. So, I mean, that's it's kind of what you end up running into when you play a team back-to-back and you beat them. Because you're like, oh, you know what? This worked, so they're going to do something to counteract that. And this didn't work, uh, so let's not run that again. You know, and they end yeah. up changing what they do. And if you win, you don't really change a lot. Everybody knows the cliches when it comes to that. But I think, man, yeah, create two different game plans. Come out, even if you smack them. Understand that they can't change that much in a week. And it's a short week, six days. Yeah. You know, so you got to come out and be ready to face a lot of the same stuff. And maybe they run the same coverages and get you in a different way. Uh, a couple of different blitzes here and there. Um, you know, but right now I think it's more about testing each other's will and finding out who's more man and, and who wants to go out there and get a win. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, we have a pretty big game plan this week, and, you know, I'm sure they do too. And it kind of, when you play team back-to-back, you think like, oh, you know, do we shoot all our bullets in the first game kind of thing. So it's interesting. It's definitely a weird situation in football to go back-to-back. Yeah. And then on a short week too. So. I, I prefer to play it as I'm playing Winnipeg at home this week. Yeah. And whoever I play next week, that's who I play next week. No, which I is think going to be Winnipeg it. at their place. But don't think about it that way. Yeah, because you don't want to hold anything back either. Like, a, if you have a good that, play, just I run agree. it. I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah. If you have a good play, run it. If you think you can score, run it. Yeah. Don't try and, you know, especially if you score a touchdown too early, it's not like, oh, let's let's hit, save some of these other things we have for next game. Like, No. No, yeah. come out and embarrass them if you can. Yeah. Make them hurt. Make, make the pride hurt. Like, yeah. that's the thing. I, don't make it a close game if you don't have to. Yeah. Then just reset, and it's like a new week, like you yeah. said, next game. Which is what I thought with the Astros last night, by the way. I, and I think we talked about this last time with uh, uh, who was the pitcher for the Dodgers who has not been doing well in the postseason. Kershaw. 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 As far as bringing him out, you know, they brought him out yeah. in the seventh. And do you bring him back like bring him back on the eighth? With Cole last night, he's pitching so well. You know, to me, you bring another guy in, and he gets rocked by um, – was it Judge? They hit the home run in the eighth. He when last night? Yeah. No, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. I think it was Judge. It might not Yesterday have been actually. Afternoon, but it was Torres. It was Torres. Okay, so yeah, and that's my thing. It's like, why take him out? Like he's he's your best guy. Leave him in for one more inning because they haven't hit him yet. They only have one hit the whole game. Um, you know, like, man, I don't know it. It bothered me, and then obviously the home run, you're like, oh, yeah, they should have done it. But if he, if the next guy comes out and goes one, two, three, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. what, a, what a great move. We always talk about hindsight, but uh, I don't know. 
Did you watch the Astros Yankees game yesterday? Well, we had it on. We were doing the show, so we had it on while we were watching yeah. the hot stove. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's they. they... Hinder and I were both cheering for the Astros. If that makes any. Yeah, difference. I like that. Yeah, right. We, were, like we that. actually were. We were fist bumping during the show. Yeah. <laughs> who know, Who wants? Who wants the Yankees in the World Series? Yeah, I just. I mean, I don't know. I'm. I, I feel good about getting the win last night, but still, the fact that they came in, stole one at home. Um, I don't feel great about the series yet. How do you feel about the rest day today? Because they postponed it. I think it, it really helps us. You think it helps you? Because a lot of people think it helps the Yankees in their bullpen. In our bullpen, though, like we we ran into a lot of trouble with the Rays, and we went we went one, two, three. So we went Verlander, Cole, Grinky, and Grinky gets rocked, and we come back with Verlander to try to end the series. Verlander gets rocked, so then we come back with Cole. So you've got you've got Verlander and Cole have already pitched two games. Grinky comes game one for you against the Yankees and gets rocked. And now you have Cole who comes out and gets a win for you. So to me, I think you're coming back with Verlander. Maybe you're coming back with your number four. Um, but up 2-1, I would assume you're coming back with Verlander, trying to go up 3-1. So giving him one extra day is huge to me. Yeah. I mean, now you, now he's pitching on five days, you know, which is way more of what he's used to. And, and when he comes off a five-day break, his record speaks for itself. So, um, yeah, I mean, their bullpen's awesome too, though. I think it's going to help both teams. Like, both – both pitching sides are going to be that much better, low-scoring games, which in the Astros, I think, we like being in, um, you know, because we're, we're teams that we're a homer-hitting team, and they are too, but I don't know. I, I feel like it favors us, not not necessarily over them, but I feel like it right. does help you us. You think it helps now. you quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to take a phone call before we hit the break? Yeah, for sure. What do we got? So is is was that text for real? Is that who, really who we're talking to, Will? Is, is that what I should call him? No, it's just Steve. Okay. Uh, we got Steve. <laughs> well, Will, Will text me. Is this, is this a nickname? Uh, we got Steve on the line. You're on the line with Bo. Hey, Bo. Hey, Thanks Steve. What's going on, call? man? Yeah, Kluke's here, too, just so you know. Just Bo. <laughs> well, I've got a question for you about quarterbacking in the CFL. Yep. What did you find the biggest adjustment going from American ball to the CFL? And then my second part of the question is, if you were to go down to recruit some more CFL-style quarterbacks at U.S. colleges or even high schools, what kind of traits are you looking for for a quarterback up here? Uh, well, thanks for the call, Steve. I appreciate the question. Um, man, I would say, uh, I mean, I probably get this question more than more than once or twice a week, it seems like, as far as what was the biggest adjustment? I mean, like anytime I meet a fan or anything, this is the first thing they ask me uh, is like the icebreaker questions. You know, what was the biggest adjustment going from CFL to, or American football to CFL? Um, and I think I come up with a different answer every time <laughs> because honestly, I mean, it's just football. I mean, there's the, the biggest thing to me is having to deal with the motions uh, and just kind of the adjustments of the defense on the fly. But you know, everybody asks about the extra person. I mean, it's not that different because really you could look at it as a 4-3 style uh, American defense with a, with a dime over the top of it, um, you know. So I, it's it's just as far as coverages and whatnot. Like yeah, you add extra, extra person, but a lot of things get broken into half field. And, and to me, I think it's more just understanding the timing of throws. That was probably the biggest one. Is you know you're throwing a flat route or a hitch route to the field. You know that hitch route's now like a 45 yard throw, and it's a six yard gain, and you got to put some air on it but you got to throw it on a rope because if you leave too much air on it the field corner is going to come take it from you uh so i say that's probably the the one early on but i thought that was something that benefited me coming in 
was being able to make those throws and uh, and take advantage of those things where I guess a lot of guys at that time in 2012 weren't really doing. Um, what was the second question? Uh, what would you look for to recruit? Like if yeah, you if you were looking US, for other CFL-style yeah, That's a better question right there. I like that one. I would say go to D1AA. Like, I want to find some very successful D1AA quarterbacks. Um, and for those of you who don't know, we have D1 single A, which is your, your bowl series. And then you have uh, FCS or D1AA, which is your championship series if we do a playoff style. Um, and the reason I say that is because uh, myself, Vernon Adams, Matt Nichols, Mike Riley, uh, Travis Lule, Ricky Ray, all came from the Big Sky Conference. We all came from the exact same place. Like all those names I just named right there all came from the exact same place. One conference in D- D1AA. Um, and I've known some other quarterbacks in that in that division that should definitely be getting a look. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's honestly those those are guys that get overlooked because of height. Uh, they're typically a little bit more athletic, um, you know, move around the pocket, have to make plays themselves. Definitely speaking about myself. Yeah, more they're guys that like to run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They like to run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for guys that can get the job done. It's not necessarily because you're six foot seven, um, you know, had a four point zero at Yale, and I think you can learn an offense, and I can turn you into an, into a winner. I I I like and agree with what Baker Mayfield said. Um, yeah. If he wasn't winning in college, why is he going to start winning now? Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's the best trait for any athlete. If you're a winner, you're you're the top guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones has as many wins as Baker Mayfield does this season. I'll just throw that out there, but. So. All right, but who who would you take as your quarterback? Baker Mayfield. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let, that debate's over. How uh, how's that Nick Chubb Todd Gurley uh, battle oh. going right now? All right, hey, we're gonna take a break. Right <laughs> yeah, it's a long season. That's why they play sixteen. <laughs> okay, but let me let me ask you something. Well let me ask you something real quick. Uh, how do the Rams look without Gurley? Uh, not very good right now. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. What they didn't look so good with Gurley, but they look. Worse they looked a lot better with them. Yeah. The unsung heroes, lest yeah. we forget. Lest we forget. <laughs> yeah, my my oh, my oh, uh, Wilson. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, no, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the positivity, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. Hey, when we come back, don't forget you got the armchair quarterback. So call in just like Steve did. Text in. Uh, got some good texts this week. Nice. Yeah. Phones are blowing yeah. up. So. Good. And I, hey, we like the phone calls, man. We like the interactive. Oh, yeah. uh, and it, listen, Will's having a tough time sifting through all of them, but come come with some good questions. Let us know what you think. Um, what I could have done better, and uh, yeah, man, we'll go from there. You're listening to Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, um, real happy to call in uh, to the Bo and. Um, get the other guy's name but um the bow show on sports at 960 the fan for sml entertainment escape the daily rush with one of sml entertainment's large selection of hot tubs including the caldera spa utopia series visit smlentertainment.com back to the bow show for sml entertainment on sportsnet 960 the fan all right everybody welcome back i have a very special guest today. Uh, I am very excited about this. Uh, June Diment, thank you so much for joining us. And, and my favorite part about mentioning this is that you're a season ticket holder. I am a Dita season ticket holder. I've been coming watching Stamps games for many years now. Yeah, that 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 makes it so much better to get up here and talk to you because it's like, oh, I don't have to like explain football to you. Like you're there every weekend. The first thing that June says to me as she sits down is. I love how important this game is because of how tight it is at the top of the West, which is what we talked about the entire first segment. Um, 
And why don't you just really quickly just tell everybody uh, like who you are, what you do, and why, why you're here today. Yeah, so I'm here today because I'm a director at Mayfair Diagnostics. And for, I think it's probably, I think we're now in the seventh year when we've been uh, a sponsor a sponsor of uh, the Stamps. We also support the Flames and the Roughnecks and the Hitmen. So really all the professional sports. And the reason for the link is because we, we're really doing the diagnostics and screening for professional sports players injuries you know so stamps players um usually end up having having to have a oh, conversation yeah. with one of I've, our techs I've and been there a our radiologists. i thought you might have been <laughs> unfortunately um so at various points in time they they you know it was one of our techs so the first people they see when they get taken off in a game so like when trey roberson got injured you know he's going to go off field and he's going to see one of our techs and they're going to do the initial ultrasounds and look at what the position is before you know a wider diagnosis is made so we're part of the medical team that supports the players as well as supporting the club through the sponsorship and um, and this Saturday of course it's the Pink Power game uh, for us that's a really important link because the, the sad side about what we do I guess is that quite often we're we're doing the, the diagnosis through radiology and imaging of someone who may have an early form, we're doing early detection of cancer and hopefully at an early enough stage so that it can be treated and an appropriate report goes back to their GP and so on so it's the Pink Power game, it's in aid of the Canadian Cancer Society for us, that's really important. We feel very passionately about giving back to the community and um, supporting this type of not-for-profit. So this Saturday, we're going to have our own teams. We're going to have volunteers from our clinics. Um, and we're going to be at the game for a couple of hours, even before it starts, as well as during the game. And we're going to be really encouraging people to learn more about their health and detection and screening. But at the same time, we're going to be supporting the Cancer Society. So we want people to go out there and buy your ticket. If you buy your ticket on Ticketmaster for every ticket that you buy for this weekend's game two dollars goes to the canadian cancer society and um, we and um, we'll have lots of uh, lots of giveaways Fair for yeah. tickets uh, we've even got flames tickets and jerseys and we're going to have stamps tickets and jerseys that we're giving away if you come up in the hour or two before the game and come and see us at our um, mayfair diagnostic stand um, and then at the same time uh, the canadian cancer society are also are their partner they're going to have a stand there and they've got a whole raft of giveaways and also for every item uh, that you buy because they're going to have lots of pink sports gear for instance um, the full 20 bucks of the cost of every item um, all that money goes to the Canadian Cancer Society so for us we feel really that it's a, it's a passionate cause for us we, we feel like it's really important um, that we have everybody turn out not least of which of course because it's uh, such a tight game at this point in the league. It is and I think the fans I think the fans know and understand that I think they're going to show up just like they did last week um, but I really want to hit on a couple of things you just said to me it's very important for everybody get there uh get off your wallets and 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 do the raffles do the prize giveaways not because of the prize but because you're donating to a good cause and you know that right now i think we're in scary time and like you said you you, you can probably you can probably say that you haven't met any families that have not been touched by cancer and that's Absolutely. that's a very unfortunate fact and i think uh i mean i know i have uh, I know everybody here has, um, and you know, to me, I talked to my wife about it, and I actually texted her and let her know that I was I was uh, meeting with you today, and she said, "Ask her something for me because as a woman, you know, I think sometimes it's more fear and not wanting to know than it's it's okay. When do I when do I know I should go get checked?" 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, cancer affects men and women, right? It, it doesn't matter which. This happens to be Breast Cancer Awareness Month right now in October. Um, but it's, it's funny. Yes, we meet people who have the fear factor. And a lot of what we do when we go out to an event like this is to educate people about taking away that fear because these tests take a couple of minutes usually. And um, how important and, early and detection so important. actually early is. Early detection is hugely important. And then there's the other side of it, of course, which is men have the fear factor just as much. And, um, and in fact, I, in this year coming... Uh, one of the big emphasis we're going to put on our education in the community is, is, is actually it's about women supporting men to um, go and get their checks done. You know, men reach a certain age, they're supposed to have prostate checks yeah. and all that kind of thing. And, and men, just as much as women, hate having to go for their annual health checks. But it's incredibly important that they do because things get detected at such an early stage. And the people who, who often, you know, have, have less of a positive diagnosis, they just waited a bit, yeah. you know, that little bit just longer. Bit they kind of put yeah. it off, you know, we can all prevaricate prognosticate whatever you want to call it yeah. but um yeah so i would encourage people come out you'll you'll probably learn something we'll kind of encourage you to go and get your checks but um but we want we really want the whole stadium at mcmahon this weekend to be covered in pink everybody come out wear your pink wear your pink toque wear your pink gloves wear your pink sweatshirts depending on what the weather is like yeah. um, and come out and support a good cause you have a great time you know make your donation to this cause because it's such a good one with the canadian cancer society and i just think there's going to be a great atmosphere simply because because you know, you've got three teams at the top of that league all sitting with the same number of points. I know as a Stamps fan that I want us to get home field advantage. So I just want to know that everybody comes out and supports the team. There's never going to be a better game this season because it so much depends on it. I agree. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, you said it all there. I would just add, you know, as a Stamps fan, how I've said this before, how I fell in love with the Stamps was coming out to the games and seeing it live, you know. So if you have someone in your life that you want to bring to this game, this is a good game to do it, and you can support the Cancer Society. So, like I said, I can't think of a better game to come out to this year. Yeah. Wear yeah. pink. So I know uh, yeah. my wife will be there. She'll be there helping <laughs> to sell uh, some of the apparel. Uh, a lot of the wives and girlfriends of the team are trying to get out there and really help and really spread the message. Uh, but I really love what you said. Is Get out there and wear your pink. This, this isn't just a... It's not a game so that some players could throw on some pink spat. We're doing it to raise awareness, doing it for a cause, for people to understand how important it, it really is. And in the NFL, I really applaud the NFL this year um, for the crucial catch that they're doing. Is it's not just it's not just breast cancer. It's it's all it's all cancers. We're all affected by cancers in all of our life. Um, and I know this happens to be the breast cancer game, but it's really to spread awareness, and that's the biggest thing. So even the women, like you said, mm-hmm. telling your men go get checked. It's it's all that that. Eric Berry is one of the biggest uh, stories to me, a guy that is at the top of his game in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs, finds out he has cancer, but he caught it early. And yeah. early enough that he takes care of it, he comes back and he's playing at a high level again. And if you wait, you know, these things just don't happen. That's the important thing because, you know, at some point in your life, um, whether it's because of an injury, maybe you've got a knee problem, a shoulder problem, whatever it is, or it's your annual your annual health check with your GP, uh, they usually will end up at some point giving you a requisition. And, and I know people who sit on those requisitions and they do nothing with them, when actually it's really important if they gave you it, they gave you it for a reason. Uh, take your requisition which whether it's a Mayfair diagnosis clinic or it's some other clinic, it doesn't matter. But go and get that screening done um, because you will be grateful in the long term if you did it at the point they Absolutely. gave you the requisition. So let me, let me say this. If you're listening right now, take it as a sign. As if you know someone that is skipping their annual checks, that isn't going to the doctor, because I know for a fact my dad is somebody who every time I go home down to Texas, I say, hey, man, go to the doctor, go get yourself checked out. And, and he says no. And I, I understand. I'm like, why? Why won't you just go? And his answer is, I'm just afraid of what they're going to find. You know, he's already 70. 
So it kind of feels like, you know, I don't even want to know at this point, but, hey, I, I want you around for 30 years, not three. You know, so go get checked and, 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 and help your family out. There's a lot of stubborn people in all of our families. I think we can all say we know that. Um, but nobody, nobody will, will take advice from somebody more than from their family members. It is, and um, uh, you know, nobody really wants to take their clothes off in the changing room and have to get their body checked. There's the embarrassment factor, there's the fear factor that you mentioned, there's all of that. But actually, it's far better to get it dealt with at the early stage rather than deal with the outcome. And uh, early, st- early detection always gives you a better outcome. So yeah, that's the kind of reason why it's so important to us and why we want people to turn out for the game. For me personally, I just happen to be a season ticket holder, that's a coincidence. Um, but I really love coming along to the game, it's a great atmosphere it's such a great family game and uh, and this season's been quite exciting for all sorts of reasons um, watching those games last week was so tight on that result but um, it has meant that we're coming to you know the kind of the crescendo uh, before right. the playoffs and uh, I remember how important it was to have home field advantage last year oh, psychologically last, last oh yeah it, was, it makes such a difference doesn't it it's huge so Stans yeah. fans you, you heard it here uh, <laughs> if you want if you want that that ticket to the West final game, we need you out there this weekend. This this is the important one. So get out there. Get out there early. Get your friends, family out there. Uh, buy your apparel. Go to the Mayfair tent um, and, and, and educate yourself a little bit and spread the word. That's what this is all about, spreading the word, spreading the cost. Um, but I want to say thank you for uh, not only being a season ticket holder and not, not only for working for Mayfair, who I've been to multiple times in my career, um, <laughs> but for just being such a big supporter and, and, and doing a great job. And I just want to say thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So the armchair quarterback segment has begun. You can now call in 403-240-4444. Thank you so much, June. Um let me know what I could have done better last game. Obviously, Kluke's going to have some critiques, you know, oh, yeah. talking about running the ball. Uh, you know, I mean, I, let me ask you something for real. Do you want, do you want me to run? No. <laughs> okay, let, me, let me read you this one text. Um, Bo, your lack of interest in running the ball is a well-discussed theme on this show, but it seems like you're at risk of becoming a caricature of yourself. On the interception you threw, it looked like you could have run for a first down without too much difficulty. Instead, you threw across your body uh, that would have caused a Pop Warner coach to lose his mind. There were several other teams you could have picked up good yardage by, several other times, rather, you could have picked up good yardage by running but took a riskier throw instead. Why? What does Coach Dickinson say about your lack of interest? in running uh well let me let me let me say this i'm gonna say this very calmly is when you when you watch these plays okay don't just have your eyes on me look at what is in front of me because here's what people say a lot of the times hey i saw it was second five and i saw at least seven yards of green grass in front of you well guess what so that means you're telling me that there was somebody seven yards away on second five so at best, we're going to meet at three and a half yards. There's yeah. a decent chance that the person on the other side of the ball is faster than I am. So <laughs> we, might, yeah. we might be meeting at three yards. Yeah. Um, but on that play, uh, that's actually a play I've done a hundred times in the CFL where I scoot up to my right and somebody who's covering a crosser going back to the other side of the field, what's the number one rule everybody tells you as a quarterback? Don't do what? throw it across your body don't throw it across your body across the middle of the field well guess who else knows that defensive players so typically when a quarterback scoots up and to the right and it starts to run the guy covering the drag route tends to just stop his feet and i've done it multiple times to mark Quaid and nick, nick lewis a lot of times where 
uh, Devaris, marking guys that have, as I scooted up and away from guys, that guy stops his feet. Then I throw it over to him. That guy goes and gets 15, 20 yards, and it's been huge plays for us. Now, on that one, absolutely, I can eat those words because it didn't work out. I threw a pick. It was a touchdown for the other team, and that's a, a huge a huge deficit for us to be put in, especially after we had just scored a touchdown on the kickoff from uh, Gilbert. So, yeah, I can tell you right now that was a mistake. But nine times out of ten, I make the correct decision when it comes to that play. So uh, I I am upset about the outcome of the play and not necessarily upset about the decision because it was actually an over-under crosser. Reggie's coming to the boundary, and I went to throw to Reggie, who was originally being covered by Elaminian, but he also had his Sam linebacker on top of him. And as I scooted up, Elaminian came off him and came to me. So, that, no, if you go back and watch, there actually isn't any room to run the ball. Um, but what I wish I would have done is got my eyes more upfield because Eric is actually streaking down the middle, uh, running away from his uh, field half. So I would say that's the bigger regret, just not uh, doing that. But, yeah, Dave Dave tells me every now and then, hey, you could have picked some, picked some yards up with your feet right here. Uh, you know, like let's say that like some other plays this person's talking about. There's there's chances for you to pick a couple yards up here and there. And that is true. There is, there is times that I can go pick up three, four yards, maybe ten every now and then. Um, but what I do is I scramble and move around the pocket to open guys up on the other end. And, and Klute, can, Klute can tell you that, that uh, you know, you're, you might be covered originally, but I move around the pocket so now you can make a second adjustment to your route. And we tend to get really big plays out of that, and that's been – a big reason why I've made it where I have so far in my career. So I would say uh, it's not the lack of interest of running. It's more the the interest I have of the opposite side of that argument and the big plays that it creates. Yeah. I, coming from a receiver's perspective, when you kind of break out of that pocket and we can see you, you know, rolling out or coming towards the line of scrimmage, for us, I think we love it because that means now we can get open. The defense is out of their base coverage, you know, and now we can just kind of use athleticism to get down the field. Or I feel like the chance of a big play for us goes way up, so I would not want you to run it. I'd rather you just <laughs> throw it to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, now listen, if I was uh, as fast and powerful as Trevler or Fajardo, I would run a little bit more often because I have that ability. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you got to understand, like, the, the time I came into the league was in 2012. And all that happened was quarterbacks got injured every game. It was just Ricky Ray went down, Kevin Glenn went down, Buck Pierce got hurt every game, um, Calvillo went down. It just it Lule. It just kept happening. And that's a, when I actually got my first year to start in 2014. The only goal I wrote down was to play all 18 games. Yeah. So there's a way to do that. I mean, when you play 18 games, man, it it, it takes one wrong play for you to take a yeah. bad hit, and um, yeah. running the ball is always only going to increase that. Uh, let's hit a phone call before we get the break. Uh, Tyler is with us on the armchair quarterback with uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. Go ahead, Tyler. Hey, what an honor to be on the Michael Klukas with Bo Show. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and you know, and you won the gift card. <laughs> <laughs> but write down that phone that. number here. That's what's up. <laughs> I was at the game on Friday, and what a great game that was. It's uh, so much easier to stay warm in the stands when you're jumping up and down and scoring points. So. Thanks to you guys for that. So, well, I'm glad you had a good time, man. That's that's what that's our goal. Yeah. So, a couple questions. One for each. Yeah. One for Kluke first. Um, when you're on the active roster, I assume your work week is a little bit different with prep. So, is it like a bit different with a pregame meal or helping other guys work on stuff? Or when you're in the lineup, are you working on different stuff? It's a little bit different, but honestly, what we kind of do is whether you're on the active roster or not, you kind of want to keep everything the same because you have to prepare like you're going to be on the active roster. So thing is, 
we don't set our lineups until the last possible second, so you never really know. So you don't want to change too much. I guess it would say maybe what you do in some of the compete periods is a little different, but still got to prepare the same way, you know, learn the game plan. And that's kind of what uh, I guess the culture of the Stampeders is too and why we have such a good thing with next man up because everybody goes in expecting to play each week. Yeah, like even this week, like you just you never know what the roster is going to be, and especially being Canadian, it's mm-hmm. our Canadian ratio gets moved around so often uh, from position to position because if a guy goes down, we don't typically just place a Canadian back at that position. We tend to move guys around and bring a Canadian into a different spot, um, so they're always getting starters on the field. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, I saw I've seen the last couple of weeks. Obviously, uh, you know, the last two not being on the roster. And Kluke hasn't changed his his demeanor or anything at practice even a little bit. So I think that's a, a huge thing for us. Hmm. Thanks. Hey, another question for you, Bo. Um, I obviously caught your um, your your halftime interview there. Um, when is that stuff kind of premeditated when you come in the locker room to kind of get some stuff off your chest, or do you kind of walk away from the interview kind of regretting, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said some of that stuff? Uh, is, is, are you referring to the, uh, the on the field the referee stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's more. Um, that's more kind of just on the moment, on the spot, and speaking facts, I guess, is the only way to say that. Um, I mean, you only understand what's going on in the field because you're on the field and you are in the play. Um, you know, so people, like, they see a replay or something, they say, like, oh, yeah, well, you can't really tell. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty that's, – that's evidence enough. If you can't tell that something's happening, then uh, a guy being kicked out of the game is, you know, pretty crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, I thought it was something that needed to be voiced, and, and and I saw people's comments. I heard I heard the commentary after, um, you know, I saw Glenn Suter said something about it, like he was disappointed in what I said, and uh, I'm not because honestly, all of a sudden we got more calls in the second half. So I don't know if it worked or if what happened or if they started committing penalties, but um, honestly, it's just I think sometimes you get caught up in the heat of the moment, and and we play a game that's so our lives and livelihood depend on it. So when, when plays, and I understand, honestly, I, I talk to the rest about this all the time. I understand the difficulty of, of the position they're in because I can't tell you how many times I initially make a, what I would say, a uh, a call on a play. Like, let's say I'm, I'm on defense on the field and they call pass interference on the defense and instantly I'm like, oh, it, it, I saw that. There's no way that was pass interference. And then you watch the you film and you're it, like, it gives everybody oh. a you know what? Yeah, it could, that could have been yeah, pass interference for sure. Kind of so um, their job is very, very hard. And I think just when, when as an entire group um, you feel like that's not going the right way, that's when you start to feel uh, like maybe a game is being called one way. We, uh, we lost our caller. So he is. But yeah. that was a good no answer. That was a solid answer to his question. Yeah, and that's just for everybody out there. Like, like when you can like, people always say, like, oh, you know, Bo, you're crying about this, blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you got to understand where it comes from. It's you're on the field and, and a guy on your team just got kicked out of the game and you watch the replay and he didn't move. Like he just laid there and you're allowed to lay there and they tell you to lay there. Um, so that's the tough part for us. You know, it's sometimes, and then, and then I was a little bit frustrated because uh, three on three different occasions, Henry number 74 hit me late and then kind of like try to fl- fling me. And then I said something to the ref about it. I said, Hey, I just want to understand the rules. Am I, you know, maybe I'm just being a little, uh, you know, quick on to assume that that's a late hit. You know, do you feel like he's not getting there late? And he's like, no, I feel like he's he's really getting there right as you're throwing the ball. And I was like, okay, all right, cool, I understand that. And then, like, literally a couple of plays later, 
I throw the ball, and the guy takes two or three steps, then grabs me, does a, a spin, and throws me backwards. And, and I look at the ref the whole time with my hands up, and he just shakes his head no, he's not calling it. And I was like, like clearly you're just not calling it. It's not that you don't think it's a penalty. It's just you've made the conscious decision not to call this. And against the Sam Peters, I feel like when I've watched the games, that's where it's been um, – you know, it seems like a lot of quarter roughing the passers get called for the other team, and that's what I yeah. just I want to know. I want to know what the difference is of him getting mm. hit and me getting hit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like I mind getting hit. I don't get hit very often. Mm-hmm. You know, my old line does a great job, and receivers do a good job breaking on routes, and, and sometimes you just you want to understand the rules. And I think uh, you see it in hockey as well. I see people get frustrated all the time. Is you know, high sticking, whatever it might be. I've heard you guys talk about it on the radio. Like, you know, sometimes I just don't even understand the rule. Uh, and, and sometimes you just want to know because you're a player and you have to understand what it is. So, uh, yeah, jobs and livelihoods kind of depend on it. You want to make sure you understand what's going on. Let's uh, let's take a break. we got a, some more phone calls and some texts around the corner to wrap up the program. Sounds good. We'll be right back here on Bo, on the Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan for SML Entertainment. Escape the daily rush with one of SML Entertainment's large selection of hot tubs, including the Caldera Spa Utopia series. Visit smlentertainment.com. Calgary football fans, this this is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960, brought to you by SML Entertainment. All right, welcome back to the third segment. I know you know what I'm talking about, because that one right there, the moment that commercial ended, (laughs) the splitter came on. Yep. Yeah, and the last time, I think Will's messing with me. Because the last time, the second segment, you, you, you guys don't know about it because I'm not on the radio yet, but sometimes I start talking before I'm supposed to. I'm jumping off sides, so I guess you would say. The difference is yeah. on two of the segments, there's a sports update coming into it. On the third segment, there's not. So on the ones where there's a sports update coming into it, it sounds different than this one. That's the technical reason why. Cool. So I'm, I'm going to need that change. <laughs> We're going to need to change that for my show. Hey, Will, can you get on that for me, bud? Yeah. Will, you are out to lunch at Earl's like there's a special on Moscow Mules, brother. <laughs> Leave the room, please. <laughs> I totally thought you messed that up because I thought you were going with the two-for-one appies. No, man, there's and, a lot and of And you said Earl's right lunch. away, and I was like, oh, he messed this up. <laughs> <laughs> Saved it. All right, so this weekend, just want to remind everybody, man, uh, if you missed the se- second segment, we were talking about the breast cancer awareness game coming up, the Pink Power game, um, brought to you by Mayfair Diagnostics. So do me a favor, man, the... The ladies of St. Peter's, the girlfriends, the wives, everybody, they're out there. They're going to be at the Red and White Club uh, selling all the pink apparel. They'll, they'll be head-to-toe in pink. Uh, guys, it's the one time a year you can go out and wear pink. I wear pink all the time because i got two daughters. So I'm you doing a, the pink headband this time? Is that what you're rocking? I'm on, honestly, I can't find one. I spend every time I go see headbands, like in like like when I go to the States, I'm at like, like Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that. Um, I always look for like a pink headband. I can never find it. They always have the same thing. It's like a pink – there's a pink quarterback towel and, like, a pink wristband. I'm not allowed to wear either one of those. Mm. So. they always trying to stop the swag. It's always the ones you trust. It is. <laughs> Ambrosy. Ambrosy. Uh, yeah, so get out there because uh, this game, man. Sabotaging. We need, we, we, need it, we need it packed. We need everybody there wearing the pink, cheering loud because, uh, man, this I – mean, I know how we talked about last game being that playoff-type game and, and being the game that we had to win. Um, and this one is just as, if not more important now. So, okay, here's a phone call. We got Conrad on the line. Conrad, go ahead. You're with Kluke and Bo. 
Hi, Quick and Bo. Um, just talking about swag, can we talk a little bit about how Derek Dennis was dressed to the nines on the sideline? Uh, I know he wasn't in the game, and um, I guess my question for both of you kind of addresses that. Bo, you had a new O-line in front of you. How was it different uh, communicating with that new O-line with Derek Dennis out of the lineup? Yeah, uh, yeah. Derek was dressed up on the I sideline. I love that segue. I know, so do I. That, that was, was nice. awesome. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing radio? You like making money? You like? Do you like making? Don't money? do radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. It's 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 honestly it's great because uh, we kind of Pat does a great job of taking O line out, putting new guys in, just based off potential injuries. Like we actually do it a lot for special teams as well. Um, you know, like hey, kick side four, Klug is down, and you kind of see who's supposed to come in, uh, and then you talk over details and whatnot. Well, Pat does a great job of that throughout the entire week. Um, a couple plays, he'll if we have like a crazy look coming, like he'll take Derek out, he'll put Zach in at guard, he'll move Berg over to guard, you know, move Neela out to tackle. Like we we tend to move guys around a lot just to get ready for potential injuries and things like that. So uh, so yeah, honestly, the, the O line is a great job and the communication isn't that hard. Okay, here's a few texts at nine six zero nine six zero. First of all, hey Kluke, I went to fill up my CFL fantasy picks for this week and couldn't find you. What gives? Uh, keep scrolling. Probably going to yeah, be very be, low at the bottom. Very cheap. It'll be right above Pat Steinberg. Yeah. I Make sure like to check the, the the depth charts. There have been weeks where <laughs> I've contributed as much as Kluk. How have you done this year on fantasy? <laughs> I'm, I've actually been pretty okay. decent. Cut yeah, that, Mike yeah, cut, <laughs> I tried to see yeah. how I tried to like play over that real yeah. quick. I was like, I'm not letting, I'm not letting it get my boy like that. Yeah. Sorry, Kluk. Uh, I've been okay. It's hard. I, I, every week I pick Bo in fantasy. It doesn't Honestly, I couldn't. T- I couldn't pick a fantasy team and, and win. It's hard. Plus, you got a forty thousand dollars salary cap. Like this week, you got to choose matchups. You got to. Yeah, and I'm probably thirty. You only give that. you. You only give you a trick. Don't worry about the forty thousand dollars salary because all you do is you like look at. You pick your quarterback, right? Yep. And then you've got, all right, I got thirty-two thousand dollars left, and you start putting in names, and you're like, oh, you know what? I have an extra two thousand dollars. Let me change. Let me change Jeremiah Johnson. Go get a more expensive guy. Yeah, you go yeah, get a more expensive fair. guy. You just look at the matchups. Like, hey, who's bad at, at stopping the run? Oh, this team is. Let me grab the running back from that team. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if your roster or salary ends up at 30000 Like, just pick guys. And another thing, too, is you got to understand, no one no one has 2,000 yards receiving every year. Yeah. So if a guy goes for 190 a game, like in a game, there's a good chance he's going to get covered up the next game. Yeah, team, you're saying I team, shouldn't go with this guy. I'm not gonna say anything because he's on my team. But <laughs> CFL fantasy, I feel like I'm valuing QBs first because receivers unpredictable. See, I, I I don't know. I think that a majority of the time, if you look at our stats at the end of the week, they're all pretty dang similar. Like there's gonna be 30, 40 yards difference here and there, and a touchdown or interception oh, too. Okay, it's not like. It's not like where you got 32 guys and you've got this week Pat Mahomes threw for five touchdowns and then this week Lamar yeah, Jackson threw yeah. for five touchdowns. Like there's only nine of us, and only eight of us are playing. You know what I mean? So like, I would never base it off the quarterback. I would always go choose the guys who I think are balling out and who could have some good matchups this week and pay attention to injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh they're talking about this corner is going to be out for the game. Well, guess what? Then I should probably pick somebody on that side of the field. Or last week, Judge. Judge is going to be down for a concussion. That's the will linebackers. You should probably focus on the extra W on that side of the field. Yeah, or like Bo can't run, so pick a quarterback that runs and get you those points. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not getting you the quarterback sneak <laughs> yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. So just uh, for the record, uh, in CFL fantasy, uh, Bo is more expensive than Streveler 
and Bethel Thompson. Uh, but oh, no way to the last one. Vernon Adams, Cody Fajardo, uh, a more expensive, and you're more expensive than Dane Evans. So when Riley's healthy, you're the fourth most expensive quarterback. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, it's because you don't run the ball. That's the main. It's because you don't get rushing touchdowns. It's the only reason why. Yeah. What am I? Top ten for a quarterback? Yeah, top ten quarterback. <laughs> At least it wasn't that trick elbow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been somewhere. We got you, any man. more texts? Oh, yeah, plenty more texts. Uh, okay, somebody's going to Texas for barbecue in the Katy area. Do you have any uh, recommendations? Uh, if it looks like a if it looks like a chain, don't go. Only go to like... It's just like Mexican food, man. Go to the hole in the walls. Yeah? That's that's where the best barbecue's at. Bo, do you ever call Pinder out for being a CFL hater? He coins the term CFL-y a lot. Oh, I do, actually. <laughs> There's a reason he doesn't have a mic on right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's because last year there was like three or four times where I was like, man, in the game, you know, I saw this and this and this, and the first thing he would say is, well, you know, I didn't watch the game, but uh, I'll take your uh, I'll take your advice on it. <laughs> yeah, he really jumped in on our CFL uh, fantasy trade deadline last week. He was Yeah, he was like, yeah. no, don't pick me, don't pick me, yeah. don't give me a team. Uh, yeah, so I would Bo say uh, I'm going to treat it like how we lost the Grey Cup. It's a motivating factor all off season. But now it's a new season. Once the season starts, it's once the season starts, yeah. man, you got to treat. You can't be thinking about that. And they they aren't. I promise you. Um, they might start thinking about it close to playoffs when you guys start asking them about it. But uh, yeah, man, they're going to come out here and smack whoever we play in the first round. I I would think, to be honest, it wouldn't be totally dissimilar from the situation you found yourself in a year ago. It really didn't seem to matter what yeah. you did in the regular season because you'd had those back to back defeats in the Gray Cup. Yeah, and that's he, he wasn't listening. Yeah, I was just talking knowledge. Right? That's what I just said. <laughs> Uh, Bowen Kluke, if you're a defensive coordinator, which quarterback would you rather play against, Streveler or Caleros? Uh, <laughs> or is that bulletin board material? This is a loaded question. <laughs> this is a loaded question. Both you, talented guys are going to get balls deep. They're going to run the ball. They're going to hand it I'm off. Sorry, what? Defenses. Will, clip that. <laughs> clip that, Will. I know Got you it. heard it. Do it. Oh, man. We're, we're going to ignore that question. Um... Bo looks like he smells like cabbage. I was going to read that one. You saw. Oh, that. I don't mind reading it, dude. You can read stuff and people hate on me. That's the best oh, part of this show. Well, Bo, you ever seem, thought of getting uh, a nose hair trimmer? I mean, we want damn. the smoke. Have you ever thought of getting a nose hair trimmer? I mean, darn. See, I didn't cuss. The person wrote a cuss word, and I could have cussed, and I didn't do it. We Keep could a PG on the text. Bo and Clute, do you ever go back and watch yourself to see things you could have improved on or vice versa, things that you can work on? I mean, that, that's what football and sports just is in general. Yep. You have to, or else you're not going to go very far. Tough for me to find anything, but, yeah, I try. With all the new quarterbacks emerging, how well do you know them all, and what are your thoughts on them, Evans, Adams, Fajardo? Uh, what you, say, sorry, say that again. Where am I looking at this guy right here? With all these new young quarterbacks emerging, how well do you know them personally? And what are your thoughts on Evans, Adams, and Fajardo? Yeah, I don't know uh, Fajardo very well. We've talked after the games. Don't know Dane that well. He did play at Tulsa, and I played in uh, the Conference USA at one point. But Vernon went to my school. I was his host uh, when he came in, so I know him really well. Uh, and honestly, I like him all a lot. Um, the one to me that you know I think is going to, you know, I, I think I think Vernon's turned Montreal around. They've been looking for a guy since since uh, not Claro since uh, Calvio Calvio, and uh, to me they find a guy that you know when we were there playing them, it all of a sudden at halftime there were more fans there than there were in the beginning of the game. That game was crazy. Yeah, and I remember yeah. looking at the, in the stands and I was like, I haven't seen Montreal like this in a while, so I think they're really 
they're really kind of vibing with them. You yeah. know, Vernon tends to do that, man. Vernon tends to kind of take a crowd. Uh, Fajardo's winning. You know, he's winning a lot of games, uh, and it might be in different ways. Sometimes it's running, sometimes it's throwing. But I think he's been doing a good job. But to me, Evans, man, he's a he's a quarterback. That guy, that guy throws the ball all over the field. Um, he stands in the pocket, takes some big hits. I mean, that that's a guy that uh, that I think you're building a team around for a while. It's probably a good way to end. Yeah. Don't know any of them. No new friends. No new side. friends. New phone. Who this? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't make new friends. He's a, you're his only quarterback friend. That's loyalty right there. That's right. That's lo- hey. I ride with it. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Top city hell, yeah. Let's go, Flames. That's you. I know. There you go. Gold Flames, gold bot. Who uh, game last night? <laughs> Brought to you by SML Entertainment. Get instant saving of up to $1,000 off a new Utopia Series Spa or $500 off a new Paradise Series Spa. Visit smlentertainment.com. And don't forget, we did armchair quarterback for Wild Rose Brewery today, brewing quality craft beer in Calgary that fuels the hardworking Albertan Wild Rose Brewery, branded with character. Back to Pinder and Steinberg next. Sportsnet 960, the fan.